On The Go podcast is brought to you by The Sanctuary. For more information, please visit www.thesanctuarychurch.com. I want to talk about blessing and I want to talk about prayer. Who believes that we are a blessed people this morning? Are you blessed this morning? Come on, I am blessed. I'm blessed to be with you. I'm blessed to be in a place that we can worship God freely. I'm blessed to have friends here and a good church family. We're blessed that we get to live in this country. Amen? We are a blessed people. But, but I want to talk about what does blessing look like? And the first thing we're going to talk about today is prayer. And who knows that it's an amazing blessing that we can pray to a God who will listen to us at any moment, right? We are blessed that we can pray, that we can come together. I was talking with my uncle recently. He's in his 80s. And um, I don't know if you have those old family members you like to talk about. Hey, like, what was grandpa and grandma like? And we were just having one of those conversations about our family. And just, he was sharing, hey, you know, we prayed for you a lot when you were a baby. And I'm like, oh, you know, thank you. And that's kind of normal, right? You know, we were praying for the pregnancy. He's like, no, we really prayed for you. Remember, your mom was on bed rest with you for six months. You know, you're, you, there was a bad condition, and in fact, the doctor, my, my uncle was reminding me, he's like, the doctor told uh, your parents to abort you. That I had, I think it was placenta previa or something like that. Um, sorry, ladies, if I offended anyone right there. You're like, oh, no. But it's like, there was this big issue that was going on. And through prayer, through fasting, through people just coming, and my aunt and my uncle doing the laundry for my mom, um, I was able to go full term and be able to be here today. Um, and so I'm so thankful for that prayer of my family. Like, if, we, if we could all just take a moment, we're here because someone prayed for us. We're here because we have a praying church. We got a praying mama or a praying wife or a husband or something in our life. And so I want to talk about prayer, the blessing of prayer today. Um, and so I feel like it's fitting before we go forward. Can we pray together that God would speak to us this morning, that God would interrupt us, that God would show us his blessing on us this morning. So let's pray together. God, I thank you for your amazing grace. I thank you for your, um, just your, your willingness to always hear our prayers. And so God, would, would we this morning uh, tap into that? Holy Spirit, would you interrupt us? Holy Spirit, would you go before us? Would you speak to us in a powerful way? Would you remind us, Lord, that we are your plan A to this earth? That, Lord, you're sending us to be a praying people, to be a people that would bless our community. And so God, teach us how to be a blessing in Jesus' name. And they all said, Amen, amen. Um, you guys had this on uh, your, your chair today, these little cards, and <laughs> I just realized I just pulled out a bow. You know you're a, a girl dad when you have a bow in your back pocket. Um, I didn't know that was there. Um, <laughs> um, shout out to Maya and Jude and Tori at home that are sick this morning. I'm praying for you. Um, but uh, yeah, this card that we have is called uh, a blessed card, and I want to go over this really quickly because this is going to be our series for the next four weeks. We're going to talk about how can we be a blessing to our community. What's really cool is that this is actually a sketch that was done by my father-in-law, and next week I'll actually have the live sketch out in front. Um, it's a hand, and it says blessed, but I want to look on the back at these five things. These are five practical steps of how we can be a blessing to our community. The first one is what we were just talking about, beginning with prayer, and that's what I'm going to focus on a lot today, is how do we begin with prayer? We need to be praying for the people in our lives, amen? We need to be praying for our community. We need to be praying for our country. The next one is to listen. Who knows that we just need to work on being better listeners? I know I do. I'm a talker, and I just need to be a better listener in my life. Who are we listening to? The next one is who are we eating with? Um, and Pastor Liz and I are going to talk about this next week, actually listen and eat. 
and eating with people, even in the New Testament, you'll find that Jesus was constantly eating with people and eating with people that he shouldn't be eating with, the tax collectors, the sinners, the prostitutes. Jesus had a meal with people. And what that meant in the first century was that he accepted people and loved people right where they were at, that he was breaking down the walls that, that the culture had. And so when we eat with people, there's something about sitting around a table and eating with somebody that opens up that conversation. You know what I'm talking about? Like you get, get to really know somebody when you get to share a meal. So who are we eating with? Um, who are we serving? Who are those people that we're saying, hey, you need a ride to church? I'll be the sanctuary Uber. Who needs a ride, right? You know what I mean? I'm going ser- to serve somebody. I'm going to find a ride for you. I'm going to find a way for you to be served at our church. And the last thing is story. Who's sharing your story? Who are you sharing your story with? Who are you sharing Jesus with? with. As a church, we're here to share Jesus, amen. We're here to spread his love. We're here to be a blessing. Mark Russell wrote a book called The Missional Entrepreneur, and he did a study on conversion evangelism versus blessing evangelism. This is called blessing evangelism. We're talking about evangelism here. And what they did was they went to Thailand, and they went to Thailand, and they had a group that just did conversion like a conversion strategy. So they went to Thailand. They were like, we're going to go to the local church and we're just going to pray and we're going to preach the whole time in the church. We'll do something in, in, you know, around the church and that's what we'll do. The blessing strategy in Thailand, they said, you know, we're going to go to the town square and we're going to ask people, like, what do you need? And they started serving people in the local city. What do you need? How can we help you? How can we serve you? And so they did that first. They served the people and then they preached the gospel to them. Here's what's interesting. This is what this study after three years, this is what Mark Russell found out. The blessers had a larger community impact instead of just impacting a local church. They actually impacted the whole city that they were in in Thailand. And here's the surprising thing. 50% of the blessers, they had 50% more converts actually came to Jesus Christ through coming and blessing them first. See, I think that we have something wrong a little bit in our church here in America. This is something I've been studying for a long time. I think we often do it in reverse. If you look at this card again, we're often wanting to share the story first. Let's, let's get people converted to, to Christianity. Then we want to serve them. Okay, now that they're a part of the family, let's serve them. Hey, then maybe I'll invite them over to have a meal. Then maybe I'll listen to them, and then maybe I'll pray for them. See how that's in reverse? Where God calls us, no, let's be a praying people. Let's be like Jesus who came down into this world and loved people that didn't love him back. Let's be people, let's be Jesus people. Let's begin with prayer. Let's listen. Let's eat with them. Let's serve them. And then guess what? They're open to the story and the gospel of Jesus. So that's what this series is quickly about, just a a quick uh, synopsis of the series. And and I think it's timely for us. Um, I know in me, during this past couple of years, I went inward. Did anybody else go inward? It was like, I was kind of worried about me, fearful, things going on in my own life and community and things like that. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking to the church today and is speaking to our church. It's saying, hey, it's time to go out. It's time to be who I've called you to be. It's time to be a blessing again to your community. It's time not to live in fear and to be all introspective and and focused just on you. Let's start to get out and bless our community, amen? And that's what this series is going to be about. How can we be a blessing? See, the right hand of blessing, if you look on the front of this card, this is a a right hand. The the right hand of blessing. Have you ever been at church and someone said, or the pastor said, hey, can you extend your right hand for blessing? Has anybody ever heard that before, right? Um, Your right hand of blessing. Well, that is actually biblical. Um, That is found in Genesis 48 where Jacob is blessing his grandsons, uh, Joseph's sons. And the bless, blessed, or blessing is used 427 times in the Bible. 
So this concept of blessing started in Genesis where God said, basically, be fruitful, multiply. I'm going to bless my people all the way to Revelations 22 where Jesus says, you will be blessed if you follow this word of the Lord, this prophecy, you will be blessed. And so the whole Bible has this blessing narrative. God wants to bless us. That's good news, amen? God wants to bless us. He wants to be in our lives, and he wants you to be a blessing to others. See, God's plan from the beginning and all the way to the end is going to be to bless humankind in his creation. Let's go to a, a, a Genesis 12, 1 through 3, and this is going to be the first uh, time we really see a, 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 a full covenant with God's people, and it's with Abram, and it's this Genesis 12, 1. It says this, the Lord said to Abram, leave your native country and your relatives and your father's family and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and I will make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. We have this amazing narrative where where God says to Abram four times, I will show you. I will make you. I will bless you. I will bless those who bless you. See, we have this God who's blessing us, who wants to have this unique relationship saying, I will bless you. But here's the imperative. Go. You have to be willing to go, right? Abram had to be willing to say, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to go. I'm going to be a blessing to my community. I'm willing to step out in faith and I'm willing to go to receive the blessing that you have for me. See, God was speaking to me about this, and so often in my life, simply I'm afraid to to go and to make that step. Anybody else, you're just afraid to step out. You're afraid to get out of your comfort zone. Thank you for being honest with me, right? And it's like, oh, I don't don't know, God, like, what are they going to think of me? And and God, if I step out in faith and go talk to that person at Starbucks, they might think I'm a creep. In fact, that happened to me once. I was leading a Bible study with some students at Starbucks, and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, go. Go. The Holy Spirit was like, go talk to that woman. So I'm literally, like, it would be like me right now preaching, and all of a sudden I run off to the side, and I go talk to this, this lady, and I just went up to her. I'm like, I just feel like God really just wants to speak to you. God, can I pray for you? And literally she took the Starbucks door and slammed it in my face in front of all those Starbucks students. And so here I am, the, the victorious youth pastor, walking back to the table. You know what I mean? Yes, she said yes to Jesus. Totally, totally. No, I didn't say that. But I thought about it. I was embarrassed, and I thought about it. And, and, and God was like, hey, no, Ashton, you did the right thing because you were being obedient to me. I don't know what's going on in her life, but God does. God sees her heart. God knows her heart. We just have to be willing to go, amen? We have to be willing to take that step of faith. And I believe that that's what the Holy Spirit is saying through this series, this time to the sanctuary church. It's time to go. It's time to be the people that you're called to be. It's time to stop stepping back. It's time to start stepping up and being the church of Jesus Christ. God wants to do something amazing in this generation and this time, amen? Amen. He is doing something right now. Man, it's dark, but guess what? His light shines the brightest in the darkness. And so let's be a people that's starting willing to say, hey, God, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to go. See, when we think of the word blessed um, in our culture, in our pop culture, who's sort of like the, the hashtag blessed bro, right? Like I'm blessed and I got these possessions or I have this new car, right? You see that hashtag online or on social media or, you know, someone's on a great vacation being like, I'm, I'm so blessed and I'm not stressed, right? You, know, you see like all these statements of a blessing. Well, the world wants to focus on blessing as possessions, on money, but the blessing of the Bible is more theological and relational, See, the word bless in the original language, and again, that's what I love looking at this hand, the right hand of blessing. The word bless in the Greek actually means to extend a hand. 
That's what the original language means. It means to extend a hand. It's God saying, hey, I got you. You're down in the pit. I'm going to pick you up. It's God saying, hey, you're struggling today. Guess what? I'm going to pick you up. Hey, you have a prayer request. You have a need. Hey, I'm going to pick you up. We have a God who blesses us. Amen? But now it's our turn to say, you know what, God? You blessed me. How can I be a blessing to others? Where do you want to send me? Where can I go? We are called to be the hands of blessing of Jesus Christ. See, God has given us his salvation through his son, Jesus. We have been filled with and and empowered by the Holy Spirit. We are blessed in Christ Jesus immeasurably. And we understand this. And here's your first fill-in today if you have your app open. We are blessed to be a blessing. Every single one of us here, we are blessed to be a blessing. The blessing isn't just about us, right? It's, it's flowing through us. Pastor Marty says an iteration of this often. He goes, hey, when God gives us money or things or possessions or whatever, it's, it's not just to us, it's what? Through us. I can't hear you. It's not just to us, it's what? It's through us. God has blessed us to be a blessing. I want to keep going with this biblical narrative of, narrative of blessing. See, it first started in Genesis, right, that God said, Fruit, be fruitful and multiply. Then we just talked about Abram, that God would bless Abram. His name is Abraham, right? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, his sons. Then to Moses, Joshua, the judges, kings, the prophets, all the way to Jesus. There was this blessing narrative that God wanted to bless the world through his people. See, from Abram in Genesis 12 to Jesus, that was 2,000 years that God was working up to that moment of blessing. Who knows that God has a plan and he's not trying to rush it, (laughs) right? He has a plan, and he's working slowly but surely, especially when we're talking about prayer today. Sometimes we're struggling. We're going, I don't know. Is God going to answer that prayer? Is God here in this situation? God is working, friends. It's in his timing. He's bringing out his plan of blessing, amen? He is faithful. He will provide. He will answer our prayers. And so we see this 2,000 years from Abram to Jesus of this plan of blessing, we see through the, the, Jesus' life and his death and his resurrection that Jesus brought us back to God, that he gave us a way to come back to the Father, that he gave us a way of forgiveness of sins, that he showed us that we all can be the sons and daughters of God. What a blessing. Remember, God's blessing is relational. It's his hand down to us saying, hey, you are my son, you are my daughter. Right there, that should be enough for us, amen? That we are God's sons and we are God's daughters in this room. Ephesians 1, 5 through 6 says this, God decided in advance to adopt us into his family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belongs to his dear son. The ESV, which is kind of, it's, it's, it's a more literal translation of the Bible, actually says this in verse 6, to the praises of his glorious grace, with which he has, what word is there? Blessed us. He has blessed us in the beloved. See, Jesus has adopted us. He has brought us in. We have this great family history from Genesis, then through Abram, all the way to Jesus. This family of blessing, this family of God. We're a part of the family of God. We are a blessed people. We're adopted. I know for most of my life, I really struggled like I, I really struggled and I I didn't feel like I belonged. I didn't feel like I had a place. I don't know if it was the learning disabilities I grew up with or just feeling like I was always different. And I always felt like I didn't belong. But thank God through Jesus, I belong. And guess what? You belong too. If you don't feel like you belong today, you are adopted into God's family, into his blessed family. You have a purpose and a place here at the sanctuary and in the kingdom of God. When my parents got married, I think a picture will show up here in a second. 
when my parents got married, um, they both, well, let me back up, they both were divorced before, and my mom had a, a daughter, um, Laura, and this is my dad um, at the wedding. Before he went up to give uh, his vows to my mom, he actually stopped, and he grabbed my sister, Laura, and he got on one knee, and he said, hey, can I adopt you, and can I be your daddy? And this is the moment that's captured um, at the wedding. And um, I always get emotional when I see it because growing up with my sister, it, like I didn't know that she wasn't not my full sister. Does that make sense? My dad loved my sister so much. She was such a part of our, our family and she's such a valued part of our family even still to this day. And even though she was seven years and she is seven years older than me, what's amazing is that today, just yesterday, my niece turned four and my daughter's three. And now God has brought our lives back together of having families together. See, God is a redemptive God. God takes what doesn't belong and God takes, takes the broken areas of our life and he puts them together because that's how good he is. That's how, what a blessing of a God that we have, that we're adopted, we're in his family. And so now we're going to go taking this narrative all the way to Jesus. Jesus actually says uh, in the Great Commission that we also need to go. God extends his, his mission to everyone. And here's the fill in the blank for this one. We are all on mission with God. Every single one of us, we are on mission with God. God wants to use you to be a blessing to somebody. God has placed you in your life, in, in the situation of your life, for a reason and a purpose. Let's go to Matthew 28, 18 through 20, and this is the great commission of Jesus. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Can we just stop there for a minute? Jesus has all authority here on earth. He has everything under control. He is sovereign. He knows all. He sees all. And he can respond to everything that's going on in our life. God has the authority in our lives. And this is what he says with that authority. Therefore, go. He's echoing Genesis 12, verse 1, with Abram. He's saying, hey, this is my people that have gone. Now I'm going to send you. You're going to be my people of blessing. And this is God's strategy. This is how we're to be a blessing here on this earth. This is the how. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Jesus is echoing again, hey, you are my sent people. In fact, Pastor Marty just finished our Cultivate series, right? And he ended with that, that we are a sent people. Our mission is that we're loved, we're empowered. And the last one, we are sent. And so this, is, this series really goes off of that sending. How do we be, become God's hands to this world? And that's what we're going to talk about. See, go is the imperative. That means that the blessing won't happen unless you first take action. We are the hands and we are the feet of Jesus in this world. My friend um, Juan and I, we made this video a couple years back for a young adults conference that I was um, a part of. And we talked, to, uh, you know, just about, hey, how can we, you know, communicate to people that God can really use you? Like in everyday situations and everyday life things, God wants to use your hands. And so I have a video that I want to sh uh, show for you guys right now. That it's just about a minute about how God wants to use your hands. So check this out. These hands are made for greatness. They are made for God's greatness. These hands can accomplish all things. In sports and health, these can achieve great strength. Each of our own hands were destined for God's purpose. In arts and music, these hands can be used to create the most beautiful of sounds. 
in the food world, we can create the tastiest of dish. Serving in ministry and serving people, these hands can help build the kingdom of God. In fatherhood and motherhood, these hands can win parent of the year every year. These hands were meant to complete the will of God. These hands were made to build, restore, and protect. So use me, God, in anything and everything. These hands are yours. These hands are yours. God, use me. Hey, you can clap for that. I wish you got a little clap over that. Cool. I'll take it. It was a good video. See, God wants to use you. See, this doesn't mean that you have to be a missionary to a foreign country. This passage here, the Great Commission in Matthew 20, it means that you are missionaries to Santa Clarita. That every single one of us are missionaries to Santa Clarita, the LA area. See, we're called to go to work and be Jesus at work. We're called to go to school and be Jesus at our schools. We're called to go to lunch or go to an activity out in our community and represent who Jesus is. Before you go, you must know you are on mission with Jesus. That sounded like Dr. Seuss a little bit, didn't it? Okay, but before you go, you must know that you are on mission with Jesus. Every single one of us has a mission. And here's my question. We're the most reached country, the most blessed country in the world right now, the United States of America. We have missionaries going all over the world and we're doing all these incredible things, but the church in America is shrinking. It's like puzzling pastors right now. And when I went to seminary, people are trying to find these plans of, you know, how can we do this and do that? And, and I think part of it just goes with this is that we're not going. We're not living it out in our daily lives. We want to bless people over there, but we don't want to do it, again, at our workplace, where we're going to school, in our local communities. And here's a couple of reasons why I think we're struggling. Number one, it's fear. What will people think of us, right? Oh, I don't know. Again, I'm afraid to go out. I'm afraid to step out for God. Number two, maybe we're just not equipped Maybe we just don't know how to share our faith or we don't know how to be confident in our Christianity, especially after the last couple of polarizing years and, again, that fear and just not being equipped. Um, I'm hoping that that's what this series is. Here's something so simple. Every single person can share Jesus. We can be a blessing to Jesus. That's what this is about. But I think the third thing that I've been really thinking about and praying about and actually struggling in my own life, I'm going to be vulnerable with you, is being busy. I'm just so busy that I struggle praying. I struggle listening because I got to go do the next thing or, oh, another meal with somebody else. So I got to, I already have this other meeting, right? And, oh, to serve somebody. Well, I already got three things happening this afternoon. I know they need my help to move, but really I don't want to move. So I'm going to make these excuses and say my kids are sick. No, I'm kidding. Um, maybe that's just me. But it's like we come up with these things, right? We're busy. We're busy. And so we don't go. And the Holy Spirit's like, hey, no, I, I want to use you. But we're going, I'm busy. I had a mentor share this with me, that busy is an acronym, it's being under Satan's yoke. Whew. And this one hit me hard because, again, I'm a doer, I'm a goer. Um, like Pastor Marty, I have ADHD too, and I'm constantly just fidgeting around and wanting to do things and wanting to solve problems. And God's like, hey, wait, wait, wait a minute, slow down. Stop being under Satan's yoke. I'm a recovering, I will say this out loud, I'm a recovering busyaholic. Actually, I probably should start that differently. Hi, my name is Ashton, and I'm a recovering busyaholic, right? I struggle with being busy. I don't know about you, and I think our culture does too. At one time, I was getting my master's degree, working two jobs, had a newborn daughter, and had a newlywed wife. I was exhausted. I was running on fumes, all in the name of God. Are you tired today? Are you run down? Are you burned out? Look at what Jesus says here, again, in Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. Then Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens. We actually just sang this in a worship song. Come to me, give me these heavy burdens, 
and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and my burden is light. See, God wants to bless you first before you're a blessing to others. Or someone once said, you can't give to somebody what you don't first possess yourself, right? We have to have this calm, this love, this rest, this blessing from Jesus first in our hearts before we are willing to reach out to somebody else. And when we're talking about yoke, um, I know I, I'm a youth pastor, you know, here at the church. So when I, when I talk about yoke, a lot of the students think I'm talking about an egg. Um, I'm not talking about uh, the yoke of an egg. Um, so I just want to make that clear. What, what Jesus is saying is, no, a yoke of oxen. And so there's a picture here of a yoke of oxen. And here's the whole imagery here. Jesus is saying, hey, you're going to get burned out and you're going to mess up when you're carrying things by yourself. When you're isolated, when you're alone, when you're holding all the burdens by yourself, you will burn out. Who knows if that is true, right, for everybody in this room. But when we walk with Jesus, when we're on a co-mission with Jesus, when we are yoked to Jesus and we're walking together with Jesus in his power, in his strength, in his blessing, then we can be a blessing to this world and accomplish what God has called us to do. So I want to encourage you today, if you're walking alone, if you're holding things by yourself, you don't have to. That's the amazing thing of the gospel. And it actually says it at the end of the Great Commission, for I am with you always until the end of the age. Loneliness is a huge problem especially of the generation I work with. So many students say, I'm lonely, I'm lonely, I feel lonely. And here's the thing about being a Christian and being with Christ, and again, connecting with him anytime we want in prayer, we are a people that's never alone, amen? Loneliness should not be a thing that we're struggling with because we have a God who's with us and we have a community who's with us, who's walking together. We need each other. We need the church, amen? Um, I was reading a book by Parker Palmer. He's a, a great sociologist, and he was talking about burnout. And he was saying that burnout doesn't happen by you just carrying all these things and, and just doing so much that you finally just burn out. Burnout happens because you're being the person you're not meant to be. That you end up, you're not the person you're meant to be, so then you're carrying things you're not meant to carry. See, I think so many of us, we're carrying things we're not meant to carry that Jesus wants to carry, and we're trying to be something that we're not called to be. We need to find our purpose again in God. So now that we know that we are on a co-mission with Jesus, how do we practically start? How do we do what Jesus did? And so we're going to do the first one. I'm just going to go quickly on begin with prayer. Begin with prayer. And in fact, that's your fill in the blank right now, is Jesus began with prayer. Look here in Luke 3, 21 through 22. One day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. As he was praying, take that note, he was praying, the heavens opened up, the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove, and a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. See, Jesus started his ministry in prayer and blessing, and God reminding him, hey, you are my beloved son. See, when we pray, first, again, that, that blessing comes to us. When we pray, we're reminded that God loves us. We're reminded that we're his son or we're his, his daughter. The Holy Spirit begins to fill us with power. I love this text because Jesus is willing to say, you know, I'm gonna stop and I'm just gonna allow, to, I'm gonna allow myself to be blessed first so that I can be a blessing to others. Even the son of God stopped and prayed and said, you know, I'm willing to stop here. I need to receive so that I can go out and do my mission. How much more do we need to stop? Do we need to say, God, every day, can I stop? I'm going to pray. What do you think about that situation? God, before I even get up this morning, Holy Spirit, would you fill me? Would you guide me? Lord, would you just remind me that you love me today? Let me start there. 
Let me start with, with just your love for me before I go out. A pastor said this, I'm not obsessed with prayer. I'm obsessed with Jesus, so I pray. Isn't that good? <laughs> I'm not obsessed with prayer. Because a lot of people, we can be religious. Well, I said my 50 prayers today. I prayed, I prayed through five of the Psalms. You know, a prayer a day uh, keeps the devil away. I'm good. You know what I mean? Like they kind of like do their thing, right? And I, I'm protecting myself. I'm good. And it's all about the prayer and it's about the religion and it's about doing the thing. But no, I'm not obsessed with prayer. I'm obsessed with Jesus. And so therefore I get to pray. I get to spend time with him. That means that it could just be everyday moments, right? I'm, <laughs> I was going on. Yesterday, I was doing my notes and finishing them. And as I was, uh, I was in a Starbucks because I have two little kids at home. And if I don't leave the house, nothing gets done. And uh, you, you guys know what I'm talking about that have kids out there. And so I'm at the Starbucks and, and I'm just about to leave. And I'm going, man, I'm ready for this message tomorrow. I'm so excited to preach. And, and then all of a sudden, a car cuts me off and it slams his brake and breaks in front of me. And I'm like ready just to like cuss at this guy, right? And I'm like, oh, immediately, of course, this is this moment. God, right now. I'm going to live out this message. Lord, bless this person in Jesus' name. And in fact, I'm going to give you a pro tip on prayer. This is what has helped me. Because I used to think, oh, praying it has to be this formal thing and my, my hands have to be crossed or have to be on my knees. And, and those things are great. But every time I'm emotional, I pray. If I get angry, well, then I pray. God bless that person. Or if I'm super happy and I see my daughter and my son developing, doing something really cool, God, thank you for my kids. Does that make sense? Anytime you get emotional, it's a, it's a moment to invite God into your everyday life. And that's what Jesus did. He began with prayer. The second thing Jesus did was this. Jesus stopped and prayed for God's divine direction. He stopped and prayed for God's divine direction. Look at Mark 1, 35 through 39. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up, went out to an isolated place to pray. Again, make that note. He prayed. He stopped. He went to an isolated place. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. But Jesus replied, we must go on to other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. That is why I came. So he traveled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. See, Jesus knew. This is him just starting his ministry, right? He is like the biggest act in town in Galilee. He's going throughout the region. He's casting out demons. He's doing an amazing ministry. He's like the, the everybody wants to come see Jesus preach. But Jesus said, you know what? Wait a minute. I'm going to go away and pray. And while everybody was saying, Jesus, you need to do these demands. And Jesus, you need to perform. Jesus was going, nope, I need to go pray. And what that did was that released Jesus from the expectations of people. Some of you here, you have so many expectations of people and you're trying to be, you know, this person or this thing or whatever. You have all this, this pressure on you. And I know because I have it on me too. And I have to constantly go, wait a minute, I have to step aside and I got to pray. God, what do you want to do in my life today? And that's what Jesus modeled. He modeled saying, you know what? Before I go, I want God's divine direction. I have a friend that said, hey, always pray every day for God to give you a divine appointment or a divine direction. And so every morning that's what I do. Hey, God, interrupt me. Um, in fact, this, uh, I think it was about a month ago, I was taking my daughter out um, in, in the morning time to a park, and we were going to the park, and uh, we stopped by S&S Donuts that's right over here because she loves to get her chocolate donut with sprinkles and pick off the sprinkles and throw them at me. Um, but anyway, so we were doing our thing, and, and I just felt like the Holy Spirit was like, hey, just go to the church. And I'm like, but God, like, I just worked a full week at the church. You know what I mean? Like, and this is my, my inward narrative, right? Like, go back over to the church. Like, why? Like, I'm, this is Saturday with my daughter, and God's just like, go to the church. And I'm like, okay. So I pull into the church, and it's a Saturday morning, and normally the gate is closed, but for some reason the gate is open. 
Um, I think somebody was doing like a CPR class or something in the back. So this gate's open, and there's this SUV sitting over by building B. And so I, I come over, you know, to this car, and I'm like, I kind of pull up creepily. <laughs> I won't lie. I'm like, hi, like, what are you doing here? And there's a lady. She's like, oh, my gosh. She's like, um, uh, hi, hi, you know, my name's Gloria. And I'm like, hi, you know, how are you doing? Can I, can I, can I serve you? Can I pray for you? You know, what's going on? And she's going, hey, um, uh, wow, I'm just shocked that someone's here. And I'm like, I'm shocked that you're, someone's here too. You know what I mean? We're like having this moment together. Like, I'm, what's going on? And we're just having this conversation. And she's like, yeah, like um, I'm from the Antelope Valley. And this morning I was praying. I'm going through a lot of hard times with my family. We're, we're struggling finding a place to live. My kids are struggling and some things are going on. And, and you know what? Um, I, uh, I, I just felt like the Holy Spirit said, go to the sanctuary. And I went, what do you mean? Like she's, she's like, yeah, I Googled the sanctuary and it took me here. And so I've been sitting here for an hour waiting for somebody. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my, okay. So, and then of course at that moment, my, my daughter's going pee, 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 pee. You know, and I'm just like, oh gosh. So I'm like, go into building B, turn off the alarm, you know, pulling my in. She's going to the bathroom. And then the Holy Spirit's speaking to me as this is all happening, right? This is real life. This is what God does. And, you know, here's three scriptures, this thing. Um, hey, come to this parent connect. And um, this, this woman has been attending our church now for over a month, and we've been blessing her and speaking to her because God is a God of divine appointments, amen? When we take a moment to stop, yeah, we can clap for that. When we take a moment to stop, and I'll be, I'll, I'm the first one to admit, I didn't want to stop. But every day, let's pray, God, what are the divine appointments? What are the divine um, moments that you have, the direction that you have for my life? Last one, and then we'll close. Jesus prayed before big decisions, so we are called to be like Jesus and pray before big decisions. Interesting enough, when he was choosing his 12 disciples, look at what he did. Luke 6, 12 through 16. One day soon after Jesus went up to the mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. This is a big decision. He's choosing his disciples. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be the apostles. Here are their names. Simon, Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, Simon, Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. Before Jesus made his big decisions, he took a moment to pray and see God. And here's, the, here's what I'm encouraged by, by this list of people. And I just want to name a few of them. That this is like God's dream team. Like he had all of these disciples he could have chosen, and he chooses these 12. And here's what we know about these 12 disciples. Just a few of them here. We had uh, Peter, right? And Peter was the one that always had his foot in his mouth. He'd be like the guy that like, if you were like playing a pickup game of basketball and it's like, hey, who's gonna be chosen first? And Peter would be like, me, 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 I'm the best. I'm better than everybody else, right? Like Peter was kind of that guy that was like, I'm willing to step out and say the dumb thing. And like, you know, he was just a fisherman. He wasn't educated. And that's who Peter was. You had Matthew, a tax collector. I mean, I still think in our society today, who loves taxes here, right? No one, right? And so he's not a liked person in that culture. He was not a liked guy. He was hated by society. I think people that were like, you know, I prayed all last night. And you know what? The second disciple, and all, everybody's like, ooh, you know, John and James are like, oh, it's going to be me, you know, like, and they're over here. And it's like, no, Matthew. And everybody's like, the tax collector, right? You know, as he comes up and God wants to use him. Bartholomew, he's only mentioned four times in scripture. We don't even know much about him. He does have a story that he was a missionary in, uh, in India where he was faithful and he was a steady person and he brought the gospel to India. Simon, a zealot, a political person. Wait, Jesus even wants to use political people? Oh, no, no way. No, not political people. He couldn't use them. He chooses a political guy, a zealot. That's what a zealot was in that time, a political person. And the last one, he chooses Judas the Iscariot. And maybe some people are like, yeah, that guy seems a little focused on money. He doesn't really seem about the ministry. He's always kind of doing stuff on the side. Jesus, why are you picking Judas? But see, Jesus had the divine direction of God. 
Jesus was praying before his big decisions. And he even chose them some things that maybe weren't going to be as beneficial, right, Judas, at the end? But he was submitted to God. See, we need to be people of prayer before our big decisions and what God is doing in our life. The whole point of the message today is this. Can we begin with prayer and be a blessing to our community? Can we stop being so inward? And I'm saying this to myself, just fearful and scared. And and can we start being people that are willing to go and make an impact for Jesus again? Because God is wanting to do a revival in this generation now. I'm telling you this. I've been going to schools this year um, in, in FCA, and already so far we have 11 students that have accepted Jesus in the public schools. God is doing something when we go. When we're willing to go out, God is, is meeting us and doing things, and he's calling us to go. And the first way that we can go, we can start to begin to pray. Who are you praying for? And that's what this list is right here. Who are you praying for this week? Who are you listening to? Who are you eating with? Who are you serving? Who are you sharing the story of Jesus with, your testimony? Right? This is what this is. So I want to give you guys this week, would you take this home? Would you pray? Would you begin to fill out this list and say, hey God, this is who you're calling me to pray for. That person at work that annoys me, again, when I get emotional and I'm, I'm frustrated at that person, I need to pray for that person, right? And that's who God's calling us to, to pray for. Um, I want to end with this story. My college roommate um, told me a, a story that happened just a few years when we were before us uh, being in college together. And he was talking about his uncle um, and his uncle was a pastor, and he had um, his cousin, and his cousin was uh, engaged and was going to be married, and they stopped at the side of the road. When they stopped at the side of the road, um, something was going on in the car, and so they stopped, and it was a tire that was blown out, so they were waiting for AAA to come. Um, this is, my, again, my roommate's um, cousin um, and his fiance were waiting in the car, and uh, as they were waiting in the car, a drunk driver in an SUV was driving down the freeway and hit the back of the car and killed them instantly. And I remember talking to my roommate about this because he was like, still just like, oh my gosh, man, like I'm still, I miss my cousin. Like his whole life was in front of him. He was just about to get married to this beautiful girl and, and instantly they were hit. And so, you know, I'm, I'm just riveted by this story and, and how I heard about it was it was his cousin's birthday. I think it was two years later and we were talking about it. And so, you know, his uncle was a pastor and so they, they wanted to make sure justice was served. So they went to every single court case. Um, they wanted to make sure that this drunk driver was, was gonna be sentenced and he was sentenced, sentenced to over 20 years in prison. And I remember my, my roommate saying at first the whole family was like, yes, he's in prison. Let him rot in prison. He, you know, he's the scum of the earth. Let him feel the penalty for killing my cousin, right? And, and this is how they felt. And even the pastor was like, you know what? Yeah, he, he you know, there's consequences for our actions. You know, he got it. And, and, and his uncle was even feeling this kind of rage towards this person. But then the uncle, again, the pastor of the family was like, you know what? I feel convicted. I feel like I need to pray for this guy. So he started praying for this person that was in prison every day, praying blessing over him, praying that God would free him from guilt, praying that he would find Jesus. And as he was praying for him, as he began with prayer, something in his heart began to soften towards this young man. Something began to change in his heart. He goes, you know, I'm realizing everybody in the world doesn't talk to him. So you know what? I need to actually send a letter to him. I'm going to start sending letters to him because no one's sending letters to him. And I guess God wants to start using me. So he starts writing letters to him about Jesus and about how he forgives him. And, he, and then he says, you know what? No, no one's visiting him. He tells him he doesn't have any visitors. It's been over two years. There's no one visiting him in prison. So you know, I'm going to start visiting him in prison. And he started visiting him in prison monthly. And then he led this young man to Jesus. See, there's something so powerful in that. Because that's what happens when we begin to pray as a people. 
See, we can think, oh, man, you know, Ash, you're saying, you know, begin with prayer. Come on, that's not groundbreaking information. But church, if we would start praying and allowing God to soften our hearts, he would start to do things that we would never even imagine. He would start bringing back things in our life that, we could, that, were, that were gone, that God could start restoring relationships. See, we are a people of prayer. Let's be a people of prayer today. Let's let God begin to soften our hearts. God, soften our hearts to the people that, are, that we're struggling with. See, the truth is this morning, every single one of us, we're guilty of killing God's son. We're guilty. Every single one of us, we are sinners, and we put Jesus on the cross. That's what the Bible says. But God, through his grace, Jesus took our place. Jesus came in and said, hey, I have grace for you today. And so this morning, I want to take a moment for all of us in this room to have a moment of grace, a moment for God to realign our hearts, a moment for, for God to do something, to, to bring some forgiveness, to bring some breakthrough in our hearts. So can we just bow our heads and close our eyes just for a minute? God, I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your grace. I thank you, Jesus, that you still chose Judas, that you still went through with your plan, that, Lord, that you loved people that you were willing to be interrupted. You were willing to go. Jesus, would you send our congregation, Lord, this week? Would we be willing to go on divine appointments from God? Would we, would we be willing to be interrupted by you? And God, I pray that you would begin to soften our hearts even in this room right now. Lord, if there's people that are far from you, Jesus, would you remind them that you are with them, that God, you've never left them. That, that, that though maybe circumstances have seemed like God is far, no, God, you are close to the brokenhearted that, Lord, your hand of blessing is extended to this congregation right now, that, Jesus, you love us right now, that, first, Lord, you bless us so that we can be a blessing to others. And so right now, with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, this morning, if you're far from God and you want to come back to Jesus, I just have this picture in my, in my head right now of him just reaching down to you saying, hey, it's time to get up, son. It's time to get up, daughter. I have more for you. I have a plan for you. I have a future for you. And you might need that forgiveness. Maybe you're holding you know, something against yourself, but Jesus comes and he offers forgiveness. That's what the cross was about, that he died for those sins. And so this morning, if you're filled with sin or you're filled with anxiety, you're filled with separation from God, I just want to pray that you would come back to Jesus right now. And guess what? Get up and start going. God has a mission for you. And so with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, if that's you, would you just raise your hand up real quick? There's somebody in the room. I see a hand over there. I see multiple hands, four hands raised up this morning, say, hey, I'm ready to go for Jesus. God, would you right now, would you come in? Would you renew their hearts? God, would you send them out for you? Lord, we thank you that Jesus, that you died on the cross and you rose again. That simply salvation is as simple as ABC, that we're admitting we're a sinner. Lord, we believe that Jesus, you died and rose again. And God, we commit our lives to follow you. And so God, I pray that they would do that in Jesus' name. And they all said, amen. <laughs>